You turn now to the reading of God's Word from Psalm 90, first of all. Psalm 90, which is the text for preaching. So after you, um, after we go through the second reading of the New Testament, we'll turn back to Psalm 90 for the preaching. <clears throat> this is the inspired Word of God. Please listen and give it attention. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight, are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, and by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. And for as many years as we have seen evil, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And I forgot to ask you to stand, but I'll ask you to stand now for the New Testament reading. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus sake so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, 
but life in you. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Turning back to Psalm 90, please. Psalm 90 is the beginning of book four of the Psalter. And if you look with me, you'll see that it has a U-shaped structure. That is, verses one through two are at a high point. And then verses three through eleven descend down to a very low point, describing the struggles of life. And finally, verses 12 through 17 come back up the other side to a prayer full of hope. Moses is the author. It says, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. And so that tells us that perhaps this is one of the oldest psalms, an ancient hymn of biblical faith. And what it tells us, first of all, my first point is that our life is short and full of trouble. Our life is short and full of trouble. When I was young, I did not believe this. It seemed to me like something that old people said, but I just couldn't fathom that life was short. It seemed very long to me. A year was a very long time when I was young. Ten years was absolutely unimaginable. (laughs) But now it seems to me, as the Latin phrase has it, tempus fugit, time flies. That's what Moses is saying. He says, you return Man to dust and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past or as a watch in the night. Life is so short. We are dust and we will return to dust. This is here compared to God's infinite eternity. A thousand years in your sight are but as nothing. So I thought about this. Thirteen years ago, Jennifer and I came to Southern Maryland from Delaware. We came with some of our children. We have eight And some of them were already on their own and grown up and so forth. But we came with some of them. And the youngest two was Timothy, um, age 13 at that time, and Stephen, age six. Seems like yesterday. And yet now Timothy is 26, going on 27. And Stephen is 20. For God, a thousand years are like yesterday. Or as he says, Moses says, as a watch in the night. What is a watch in the night? It's that little four-hour duty period that a soldier would stand on the wall of a city while others took their rest. His watch would be over soon. Then he would be off duty and someone else would come. 
A watch in the night, very short. Just think of it for a few moments. Uh, 500 years ago, Columbus lived and sailed from Europe. 500 years ago, just a very short time in God's sight. And then he says in verse five, you sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream. Take that phrase. They are like a dream. I had some dreams the other night. They were very vivid. And yet I woke up and I told someone I had some dreams last night. He said, what was it about? I said, I can't remember. (laughs) I had them, though. They were vivid. They weren't scary, but they were interesting. But now I can't even tell you what they're about. They're gone. Or like a flood, he says, you sweep them away as with a flood. Our lives are short. Death comes quickly like a flood. We just came back yesterday, actually, from South Carolina, the beach and You can build your big sandcastle and make a great high wall to protect it. But if the tide is coming in, it will soon be as flat as a flitter. Swept away like the wave of a flood. Or I imagine more likely in this case, the thought is of a wadi. That's a dry little riverbed in the deserts of Palestine. And when a thunderstorm passes over some nearby hills or mountains, suddenly there's a flood that rushes through the wadi, fills it and sweeps everything away so that there's not any evidence that anything was there before. Everything in its path. Man and beast gone. And he also says we are, our life, our span is like grass That is renewed in the morning. Verse six, in the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. Morning, evening. That doesn't really happen. I don't think that grass is renewed that quickly and fades that quickly. But in the Mediterranean climate, grass grows up quickly in the winter and spring when the rains come. And it turns green overnight with those beautiful rains, but it soon turns gold. It dries up. I saw something like this in a similar Mediterranean climate when we were visiting our children uh, in Northern California. We had a daughter in um, the DLI at, uh, in that place. I can't remember the name of it right now. <laughs> and then we had a son uh, in uh, the Air Force in Northern California. And We went out to visit them and when we were there, all these hills all around in Solano County were beautiful gold hills. I guess that's why they call it the Golden State. Beautiful gold hills, a tree here or there, but mostly just this beautiful golden grass. And I was told by my children that it's green in the spring, beautiful green hills from March to April, and then suddenly in June, they are brown or golden. I think that's what the writer, I think that's what Moses was observing, how quickly things change, just a few months. 
This is a picture of youthful vigor. Youthful vigor. You young people with your strong bodies. Your energy is boundless. Sometimes too boundless for the parents. I was on a vacation with my... How many grandchildren were there? I think there were 11. Yeah. Boundless energy. (laughs) So nice when they finally go to bed. (laughs) But it soon fades, doesn't it, older folks? You don't have it anymore. You're glad when it's bedtime, too. (laughs) Why is life so short? Why is it like grass? Why? Moses tells us why Moses had witnessed a great deal of death. Um, Why is life so short? Why is it like grass? He was there when the angel of death took all of the firstborn of Egypt in the great plagues that came upon Egypt in the final plague. He was there and saw it when Pharaoh's armies were swept away and drowned In the Red Sea, Exodus 15 sings a song of triumph, wonderful triumph, but it's full of death. Listen to it. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. A lot of death there. Moses was there also when the earth opened and swallowed those Israelites who complained about the meals, the free meals that God was providing every day for them. Moses was with the Israelites for 40 years, while a whole generation of adults, except except two, Joshua and Caleb, died. Only Joshua and Caleb did not die. All the others died and were buried in the sands of Arabia and in the Negev. One by one, they returned to dust. Why is life so short? Why is it like grass? He says in verse 7, For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. 
You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. We can hide our sins. They're secret, aren't they? Some of them, right? But they're not secret before the light of God's presence. He sees it all. He knows it all. And that is why, Moses says, that is why life is so short. This is why we all die. Adam's sin, God's righteousness. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. And Moses says in the psalm, For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. Life is short. Now, looking back, it wasn't always as short as it is. Genesis 5 tells us this is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created Adam, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them and blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died because of sin, because sin entered the world and death through sin. And then it goes on, verse six. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years. And he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. So 930 now, 912. And then we get down to verse 25 in that passage. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Methuselah were 969, and he died. He's the longest living of all of them. Then in Genesis 6:3, the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. By this time, man's lifespan had contracted even further by the time of the writing of this psalm, by the observations of Moses, because he says in verse 10, the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? The days of our lives continued to shrink. In the past winter, two younger Orthodox Presbyterian ministers in central Pennsylvania lost their wives to death. In September, a year ago, I attended the memorial for a 
57-year-old David Haney, who recently served as moderator of the General Assembly just a few months before he died. And we know that our brother Tim Flora in this presbytery was ill for a few years and died an exceptionally young age. I know this very well personally, too, because in February, we at Grace and Peace remembered and gave tearful tribute to God for the life of my mother, who was a member, Levita. And then in April, my own mother-in-law, my wife's mother, Anna, died. Life in the fallen world is full of toil and trouble. And it's good to get a firm grip on this truth. It's good not to live in denial of the fact of the shortness of life, a temptation that is particularly given over to young people. He says, for all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. Like a sigh. And as I was reading that and thinking the sigh, the end of life, the sigh. We see that most poignantly in the cry of our Lord Jesus Christ from the cross, which seemed to echo the words of verse nine under your wrath. He was under God's wrath on the cross. And he breathed his last. He sighed and breathed his last. So this is the honest view that Moses, a believer, a man of God, a friend of God, takes about all these things. And for you, it means that you should live your life for what matters. For what will endure beyond your life. And the third point. Make God, therefore, make God your eternal dwelling place. We're back now to verse 1. The dominant theme of Psalm 90 is verse 1. Not all that terrible death stuff. Not all that sighing and crying and pain and sorrow. Uh, it is this verse. The Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Isaac Watts paraphrased it in one of our hymns. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast in our eternal home. Moses says in verse 2, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. This is the dominant theme. A Christian is someone who knows where home is. A Christian is someone who knows where home is. We lived in Delaware for 17 years. And we have lived in Maryland for 14 years. We're planning to retire. We bought a house in Delaware. We have the keys to that house. It will never be our eternal home. Never. 
God must be our eternal home. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who created everything, who brought it forth from everlasting to everlasting, you already have the keys to your home. You're almost home. So don't dwell on the troubles, but dwell on God's goodness, God's blessings. Enjoy the life that you have with its troubles, because you know that you're almost home. You have the keys. Count your many blessings as one of the gospel songs. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. A couple of years ago, I took photos on the backside of a severe storm. It must have come through here first because it crossed the Potomac River into St. Mary's County. And on the backside of it, where I was taking pictures, it was amazingly beautiful to see the towering dark clouds in the east across the Patuxent River from us. And then I saw a rainbow which appeared arching from the storm as the sun shone through from the west. It was beautiful. And so I took a number of photos. But I'm guessing that it didn't seem so beautiful to the people across the Patuxent River in Calvert County who were under the wind-blown torrent. They would have no idea how long before that storm would pass. It wouldn't be long, but they didn't know that. Charles Wesley said, Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly while the nearer waters roll, while the tempest still is high. Hide me, O my Savior, hide till the storm of life is past. Safe into the haven guide. O receive my soul at last. Friends, Moses wrote this psalm 3,000 years ago to show you that you must dwell in God, not in the troubles. Home is a place where you can bring your troubles and your weariness and find comfort and care. Jesus Christ is your permanent address. So we go back up the other side of that dark valley of the you of this psalm. And Moses applies it this way in verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, he repeats it with biblical exclamation. Establish the work of our hands. 
what's doing here. Moses is praying for the eyes of faith to see God's work. He's praying for something he can't see right now. What had Moses really seen accomplished in his life? What had he seen? He had seen 40 years of encampment. No monuments remain in the wilderness. The wind sweeps over every encampment and covers the fragments of that sojourn. Moses had not even seen the Israelites into the promised land of Canaan. So here Moses prays for things he cannot yet see. The writer of Hebrews says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And that's why Paul, who looked forward and struggled in his own pains and sorrows and troubles, could say in 2 Corinthians 4, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. This sounds like Moses, doesn't it? He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. And Moses said it this way in verse 17, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And Moses' prayer of faith is obviously answered because we see it in Revelation 14 where, where we know Moses is there. In Revelation 14, verse 13, John says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds. Follow them. Establish the work of our hands. Let the deeds follow. Give us the eyes of faith to see beyond the troubles, to see what God has for us as we trust in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. Amen. Let us pray together. Oh, Lord, our God, we thank you that we have a dwelling place, a home where we can bring all of our sorrows and troubles, an eternal home that is not subject to moth and rust, a treasure in heaven. And even now we have a treasure in these bodies of ours, jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Teach us these lessons. Teach us to trust. Amen.